This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Sam Kisselberg, SL85254, from Southern California Garrison, and Scott Byrne, ID9946, from Northeast Remnant Garrison, who both passed away at the beginning of September, and Russell Edward Waithy Jr., TK7676, of Southern California Garrison, who passed away on October 14, 2011. Buckets off to these fine troopers who will now be remembered forever in our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial Network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fists. This is episode 98 for September 2016, and here are your hosts, myself, Marcus, TK14057. Nikki, DZ8397. And I'm Joe, SL12743. The 501st Legion is currently at 10,132 members, with 17,855 approved costumes in the Legion. We did break the 10,000 member count milestone. That's amazing. We gained 271 members since our last episode. This episode, we talk about Nikki's trip to Fan Expo Canada, tons of new entries to our custom reference library, what it's like to guest star in a TV movie, and most importantly, a first ever partnership with Make a Wish. Stay tuned. Recent news. So we have some really amazing news to kick off the show with. As some of our listeners who also follow us on social media might already know, the 501st Legion has embarked on a first-of-its-kind partnership with Make-A-Wish, an international endowment fund. This fund will allow Make-A-Wish America and Make-A-Wish International to grant more Star Wars-related wishes to children diagnosed with life-threatening illnesses. It will allow Make-A-Wish to grant wishes alternating between the United States and international locations every other year. We are the first and only endowment fund set up to support children all around the world. Once we raise $150,000 by September 2021, it will unlock the first step in granting wishes for many years to come. Once that minimum is met, the endowment fund will grant wishes from the accrued interest, and as the fund grows, so does the amount of wishes we'll be able to help grant. To kickstart this, we've received permission from Make-A-Wish and Lucasfilm Disney to offer the first, for the first time ever, 501st Legion t-shirts to the public. So you can head over to booster.com slash 501st right now and get your own without having to be a Legion member. We set a goal of 5,000 t-shirts, and with about still 30 days to go, we've already sold almost 3,000 t-shirts. That means we've raised over $37,500 so far. Now, the shirts come in red, black, and gray, and are available in men's, women's, and children's sizes. We'll have all the links you'll need in our show notes so that you, too, can be decked out in 501st Legion apparel. And as an extra thank you for those who ordered early, i.e. before September 27th, 
you'll be receiving your shirt about mid-October instead of the initial estimate of November. So awesome. Isn't this amazing? You know, not everybody wants to join the 501st, but they love the Legion. And this is a great way to show uh, how much they uh, really like the Legion. They can actually get a 501st Legion uh, themed shirt. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, since our last episode, we have a huge list of new entries to our costume reference library that we're excited to share. And there's a, wow, there's quite a list here. The Crate Clan has completed the Attack of the Clones Male Tuscan CRL. There's a link there. And added a new CRL for, uh, I want to say Felt Pen Trevag, but it's not Felt Pen. It's Feltapern Trevag, the Cantina Godel. You might not recognize the name, but you'll recognize his face once you follow the link there in our show notes. The Clone Trooper Detachment is still going strong and has added even more new costumes uh, to their roster. Uh, Desert Gear Commander Wolf from Season 6 of The Clone Wars is now ready for GML approval. Camino Security Commander, also from Clone Wars Season 6. And Spark, Phase 1 clone from Season 2 of The Clone Wars, is also now ready for GML approval. Nicely done, clones. The Clone Trooper Detachment pumps out CRLs as if they were uh, cloning them. Uh, let's see here. Bazine Natal, the, uh, the informer from Maz's castle scene is ready for GML approval. Bazine will remain no detachment affiliation, quote unquote, for now. But don't hesitate to reach out via recruit at 501st.com to get recommendations on where to head for advice. And there's a link there. Flagship Eclipse has added Star Wars Rebels' seventh sister to their roster of costumes, as well as the Clone Wars' night sister, Karis. Congratulations, TFE. Blizzard Force has produced one of the best examples of CRL imagery. It almost doesn't need any captions. Congratulations on the excellent work on the new Force Awakens Snowtrooper CRL. A link, of course, there in the show notes. Our Special Operations Detachment is excited to add the First Order Flame Troopers to their family. Thanks to CRL Model TX61281 of Dune Sea Garrison. Of course, another link there in our show notes. Our Imperial Officer Corps has two new CRLs for the Legion. The Imperial Cadet Uniform from Star Wars Rebels and General Hux from The Force Awakens. Congratulations, officers. Last but not least is our first Imperial Stormtrooper Detachment. They've added the Battlefront Shock Trooper to their roster and put the last shiny touches on the long-awaited Captain Phasma CRL. And, of course, a link in our show notes. Congrats to our red carpet Phasma Ingrid TK6818 and our CRL model and only Canadian Phasma Jessica, TK69940. They're also hard at work in the development of CRLs for the Rebels and Rogue One Stormtroopers. We'll have links to all of these new CRLs in our show notes. Excellent work to all of our members and detachments. As always, if you have any questions about how to join the 501st Legion, email us at recruit at 501st.com and we'll get you started. Yeah, I got to see Jessica in person when I went to Fan Expo Canada and it's so awesome. Very shiny. Very cool. <laughs> Earlier this year, uh, New England Garrison and their counterpart, counterpart Auron Base, made the decision that their fundraising focus would be memory of Justin Manning, a two-term uh, CO of Auron Base and TK6872 of New England Garrison, who had passed after a long battle with cancer. The goal was to raise $5,000 to name a gene after Justin in the Robert J. Tomsick Family Gallery in the Yawkey Center for Cancer Care in Boston. NEG is happy to announce that thanks to the hard work of the members of the base and garrison, they have achieved that goal, and Justin's memorial was placed earlier this month. 
For those not familiar with the program, the gene display is a visual and dynamic display that represents the real genetic information that leads researchers to life-saving cancer treatments. Donors can show their support for Dana Farber's mission by naming a gene with a personal message or in honor of a family member, friend, or caregiver. Naming a gene provides flexible funding for Dana Farber, enabling them to direct critical dollars where they are needed the most. NEG is grateful for the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, who took the currently donated funds to set up Justin's display. I'm sure that Justin would be so pleased to see the two organizations he was proud to be members of working together in his memory. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. Aren't you? Mission Reports. For five days in a row in late July, 15 members of our 501st Legion Ecuador outpost attended Ferreria Park Simons, which I'm sure I'm not getting that right. But anyways, it's uh, a can festival. I, can I give a stab at it? <laughs> yes, you go ahead. I do believe it's Feria Parque Samanis. See, there you go. Yeah. Much better. Like in any case, it was a festival that featured <laughs> concerts, kids games, food, vendors, and more. They set up a booth and used it to promote the 501st Legion and as a fundraiser for a local orphanage. By the end, they raised $212, which was donated to the Inez Chambers Orphanage. Great work, troopers. And thanks to Maria SL19355 for that report. On August 9th, eight members of Garrison Argentina's Rio de la Plata squad attended a benefit event to raise funds for Nacho, an eight-year-old boy who has been battling cancer for the past two years. After exhausting all the treatment options in Argentina, he was flown to MD Anderson Center in Houston, Texas to try other treatments. Of course, the costs for all of this keep mounting, so his hometown created a fundraising fair to try to raise money to help with those costs. We've reached out to Garrison Argentina to see if they have an update on Nacho's battle. Hopefully we'll have some good news for our listeners on a future episode. Thanks to Claudio, SL74666, for that report. Garrison Argentina also trooped last month to support a boy named Bauti, who has been diagnosed with acute myeloblastic leukemia. He has a tumor in his spinal cord that has left him a paraplegic. After two months of work, the garrison collected enough supplies of a specific type of diaper that fits him comfortable to last him almost two and a half years. It was a great accomplishment, but there is still a long battle ahead to try to help Bauti regain some mobility in the future. Keep up the good work, troopers. Thanks again to Claudio SL74666 for that report. On Saturday, August 20th, UPMC Park in Erie, PA was packed with Seawolves and Star Wars fans for the Erie Seawolves Star Wars Night. Garrison Creative Troopers had a blast trooping and visiting fans. They got to go out on the field for the opening ceremonies and high-five the players when they entered the stadium. They signed autographed, posed for tons of photos, and took part in various activities throughout the evening. The evening was hot and humid, but with the help of the three squires to remind members to take breaks, the nine characters from Karita, Ghost Base, and the Galactic Academy were able to have a fun night visiting fans. And congratulations to Andrew, TD70281, and Alana, TR51495, on their first troops. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes, and thanks to Chris, SL1163, for that report. 
Garrison Carita stole the show when they deployed nine members for the first time ever to Lifespan Schools Festival, which took place on Tuesday, August 23rd. About 80 kids and grown-ups thought they were spending the day playing carnivals, games, and eating ice cream, but they spent more time taking pictures and talking with troopers instead. Although it was a bit warm as it was an outside event, the event host made sure our troopers had plenty to drink and had hot dogs available as well. There were a few hiccups at the start as the event host was new to hosting Star Wars characters at an event, but things all worked out in the end and Karita is looking forward to trooping this event next year. Also, congratulations to Christine, IG10266, on her first troop. We'll have links to some photos in our show notes. And thanks to Dean, SL99913, for that report. Star Wars fans in the Netherlands will have a special treat to enjoy on October 10th while they wait for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, to premiere on December 14th. The short film, Yairo the Jedi, will be broadcast on national television. The Dutch television show, Willem Weber, answers questions from kids all over the country. Questions such as, how is Google Street View made? Or, why do pizzas made in Italy taste better than anywhere else? For the episode on October 10th, they answered the question that came from a boy named Yairo. How are science fiction movies made? Because Yairo is a huge Star Wars fan, the producers decided to show him how a science fiction movie is made by making an actual Star Wars-inspired short movie starring him. With the help of production studio Lukian, director Martin Smits, 14 members of the 501st Legion's Dutch Garrison, and one from the Rebel Legion's Ben Lux base, created a short movie that was beyond their expectations and dreams. Troopers spent 12 hours filming for the movie back on May 28th, and it was finally presented with a red carpet release on August 25th in a local movie theater. It was extraordinary, not just for Yairo, but for all participants. Seeing the gigantic movie poster featuring everyone outside the theater was mind-blowing. What an amazing opportunity. Of course, no Star Wars movie is complete without an awesome trailer. We'll have a link to the subtitled version Dutch Garrison posted on their YouTube channel in our show notes. And in late October, after the full movie debuts, Dutch Garrison will also post a subtitled version of that on its YouTube channel and Facebook page. So stay tuned. Thanks to Niels TK30309 for that report. On Thursday, August 25th, six members of Garrison Carita braved the bustling, traffic-filled streets of Philadelphia and lugged 163 toys and activity packs to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, a.k.a. CHOP. Troopers commandeered the Child Life offices to suit up before heading to the Kolke Atrium, where a staging area for meet-and-greets, toy distribution, and compulsory smiles occurred. They also escorted our troopers to do two room visits for kids that weren't able to make it down to the atrium. Needless to say, the staff were so thrilled with our Legionnaires' visit, they're already making plans for future ones. Jason, ID9141, relayed his experience of the day. I watched as some severely sick kids and commensurately passionate staff and families accompanied the children first to meet the crew for high fives and photos. I must say that Caritas troopers were so vigilant about giving our best that every child who had an IV or monitor had our troops gently crowd around the medical devices so professionally and gingerly as to make the devices disappear for the photos. A kid got to be a kid, not a sick kid. Bravo, team, for arranging yourselves in such a way to bolster the magic experienced by every child in attendance. There were one particularly ill child toward the end of the quick one-hour visit that the troops met. 
Everyone spent extra time with him, pausing to have conversation with him, and he even got an 18-inch Kylo Ren given to him by Kylo Ren himself. I had trouble holding back the tears, and I was reminded the power and privilege that we have earned, and we are so much more than just nerds in plastic spacemen suits. We are ambassadors of goodwill, spirit lifters of the alien and weak, memory makers for children in need, children who just for a few minutes are transported to a galaxy far, far away where they can just be a kid. Thanks to Jason, ID9141, for that report. That's one of the most beautiful mission reports I've ever heard. I'm glad you read that one, Nikki. I don't think I would have been able to get through that one. That was, that was, <laughs> it that was, was tough. That was great. Jason, you have a way with words. Thank you for that. He does. Thank you, Jason. Ecuador Outpost had their biggest troop to date when they invaded the first ever Comic-Con Ecuador, which took place the weekend of August 26th through the 28th. They had 20 members attend, which means only three of their members weren't able to make it. During the convention, they had the opportunity to induct Phoenix James, who played a First Order Stormtrooper in The Force Awakens, into the 501st Legion as an honorary member, and also bestowed him with honorary membership of the Ecuador Outpost. We'll have a link to the post Phoenix made on his website about the induction in our show notes. Excellent work, Ecuador Outpost, and thanks to Maria, SL19355, for that report. Empire City Garrison spent the evening of Saturday, August 27th, attending a free outdoor screening of Star Wars The Force Awakens at the Penny Saver Amphitheater in Farmingville, New York. ECG's Mike, TK42104, Chris, TB6744, Ron, SL5928, Shane, ID67790, and Eric, TK14729, were joined by Jerry Leonard Fanforce and some members of the Empire Saber Guild. The event was a bit slow, but there were a stream of kids and adults throughout the night, especially as showtime approached. They had food, drinks, and snacks, and it was a great venue to see the movie. Troopers had a great time taking pictures with the guests, interacting with the kids, handing out citations, and helping celebrate the screening of The Force Awakens. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. Well, Labor Day weekend in the U.S. and Canada means dueling mega conventions here on the eastern seaboard of North America, as for the past few years, both Fan Expo Toronto and Dragon Con are the very same weekend. I attended Fan Expo, as I have since 1999, with the exception of the year that it was opposite one of the Orlando celebrations. Obviously, couldn't miss celebration. And the four days of Fan Expo went by so fast. I picked up my badge at 3 p.m. on Thursday and spent all day every day at the convention center until about 8 p.m. on Sunday. Sadly, there weren't really any Star Wars celebrities this year, other than Mark Hamill, who wasn't exactly what I would call accessible, um, to try to get any sound bites for the podcast. So I came away with no audio recordings, which was disappointing. But the phenomenal experience put together by Canadian Garrison and all the guest garrisons, the Rebel Legion and the R2 Builders Club, more than made up for it. Canadian Garrison once again had their huge multi-sided booth display set up in a prime spot on the convention floor. The front side had the control room where you could ask questions about how to join the 501st Legion. And the famous Blaster Trooper game was set up right next to that. The right side was the Tantive Wall section, which was staffed throughout the convention with Legionnaires posing for photos with attendees. The back side was the Canadian Garrison speeder bike prop, which, new for this year, was set up in front of an Endor bunker set. On the final side, the Garrison had their Emperor's Throne set up with another new addition since last year, a Captain Rex camera bot. And that would be Captain Rex from the original Star Tours, not Captain Rex the Clone. 
just in case people were confused. Rex would take your photo for you while you sat in the throne, and then you could select on a screen whether you wanted it emailed or texted to you. How awesome is that? With multiple donation buckets spread out on each side of the booth, as well as money raised from raffles, the garrison was able to raise $25,000 for Make-A-Wish Canada. That was an amazing job, troopers. In addition to staffing the booth all weekend long, more than 100 Legion members, I think was actually closer to 150, worked together to host a Kids Hour panel each day, participate in the massive parade to the group photo on Saturday, and numerous other skits and costume-themed parades like the Thai Flyby, the Stormtrooper March and Inspection, the Denizen March, Scout Patrol and Ewok Hunt, and several more fun activities for not only our members to participate in, but the attendees who we encountered during these excursions. One of the skits that I was able to participate in was the Jawas Droid Sale. We had at least six astromechs, plus BB-8, lined up in the Tantive Wall section of the booth. And there were six Jawas there ready to wheel and deal. Phil, TB18180, was our non-costumed barker, as we called him. He, he helped translate for the Jawas and get people to bid on the droids. Depending on the amount that they would bid, they would get a small, medium, or large prize. I think hopefully some of them weren't actually thinking they were getting the droids. <laughs> well, it was great fun trooping with a bunch of other Jawas, goofing around and trying to pick the pockets of our barker and doing other silly Jawa things. Each night after the con, there was group dinner. Great times catching up with fellow Legion members from Canadian Garrison, Capital City Garrison, obviously my Garrison, Garrison Caselsier was there, New England Garrison, Star Garrison, Old Line Garrison, Northeast Remnant Garrison, Great Lakes Garrison, Badlands Garrison, and likely a few others that I'm forgetting. As the catchphrase goes, we style was so hard that weekend. <laughs> you know, it sounds like that that was more than a convention. It's almost like a con- it sounded a little bit like a con- convention meets uh, prices right, perhaps. Uh, it, it was uh, what what a lot of fun. Just just uh, was, I had yeah. fun just listening to that. That was great. <laughs> it really is sort of like a mini celebration once you get that many different units together and that many different troopers together. And you've been there since 1999, with a few exceptions? Wow. Yeah. I mean, not as a 501st member, because I didn't join the Legion until 2006, but I've been going to that convention since 99, yeah. Amazing. Well, for the 10th year, Carolina Garrison trooped Librericon. 501st and Rebel Legion members hosted a costuming panel and handed out prizes for a Star Wars trivia contest. They also had a table set up to display some props. This year, the con took place on September 3rd and saw nine costumers and two squires work together to fundraise $50 for the Eastern North Carolina Make-A-Wish chapter. We'll have a link to a newspaper article that was published in the Fayetteville Observer. Thanks to Bill, SL4821, for that report. On Sunday, September 4th, Empire City Garrison attended the New York Air Show held at Stewart International Airport. Troopers arrived early that morning to set up the table display. They ended up uh, with a bit extra time before the crowds arrived, so members headed off to take some photos of the planes before suiting up. But soon it was time to get the party started. ECG had six troopers and four squires to help keep things moving very smoothly. They had a steady stream of people wanting photos, and they rotated which characters were in the booth and which ones went out on patrol. The crew for the tank that was on display even allowed Anthony and his ATST driver to climb up and get in the tank for photos. Most of the members stayed in costume all day with very little breaks. 
There were so many photo requests, everyone lost track of time. Although ECG was not specifically collecting for charity at this event, attendees knew that fundraising for charity is what the 501st is all about. So they sort of accidentally ended up raising 50 bucks, which will go towards the next charity fundraiser ECG participates in. ECG has already been asked back for next year, so make plans to attend in September 2017. We'll have a link to photos of this event in our show notes. Thanks to Garrett, TK7186, for that report. I think that may have been the first time I'd ever heard of a accidental fundraising. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also on the morning of Sunday, September 4th, six members and a crew for our Costa Rica outpost trooped a charity mountain bike race. Biking for Life. It was held in the province of Heredia and was used as a fundraiser to support a foundation that gives support to breast cancer patients and survivors. Check out the link to photos in our show notes, especially to see the great speeder bike costume that one of our biker scouts wore for the event. Pretty imaginative. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. And, staying in Costa Rica, later that week on September 9th, our Costa Rica outpost celebrated Children's Day, as they do every year. This time, troopers invaded the pediatric ward of San Vicente de Paul Hospital to bring some joy and fun to the little patients and the medical staff. We'll have a link to photos on the outpost's Facebook page in our show notes. Thanks again to Ed, AR5494, for that report. Northeast Remnant Garrison was able to support a new event on September 10th called Tattooing for Autism. It was organized by the Under My Skin for Life Foundation to fundraise and raise awareness of autism. The foundation first met NER when they both attended the Long Branch Autism Walk and discovered that while those with ink and those wearing armor might seem tough on the outside, inside, members of both organizations have hearts of gold. Eight troopers and a squire staffed a 501st booth alongside with many tattoo stations. An outdoor stage with rotating bands food trucks, and numerous raffles and auctions. NER also met a recruit who's hoping to have his color run done by the end of September, and members Randy, Crystal, RJ, and Sean all went home with new ink. Thanks to Kevin, TI71689, for that report. Empire City Garrison's TK7186 survived a lone mission on September 16th when he attended Cub Scout Pack 63's food drive, an opening meeting for the 2016-2017 school year. The scouts were raising food donations for their local food pantry, and TK7186 posed for photos with all the scouts and their parents. It wasn't an overly large group, so after about a half hour, he desuited and headed back out to enjoy some of the offered ice cream. Just before the end of the meeting, a scout leader gave out TK7186's trading cards to all the kids. Garrett, TK7186, stuck around and talked with some of the parents about the 501st Legion. During this time, a few of the remaining kids confronted him about the Buckets Off photo on the back of the trading card they were given. Garrett refuted and explained that he was not the stormtrooper. And since they understood the concept of what clones are in Star Wars, he was able to convince them that he was the person that the Empire cloned for all the stormtroopers. Quick thinking, TK7186. I mean, DNA donor Garrett. Uh, That's pretty cool. He took Django's place. I like that. (laughs) Florida Garrison raised $1,540 for the One Orlando Fund by auctioning off custom-painted First Order helmets at FanFest Orlando on September 17th. 
There was a Walking Dead helmet, an Arrow helmet, and an Orlando City Soccer Club helmet. The FanFest organizers got all the attending cast members from both shows to sign the respective helmets, and the Orlando City Soccer Club had 12 members sign their helmet. It was an amazing event with such a positive vibe. Every celebrity in attendance donated all of the proceeds from their autographs and photos to the One Orlando Fund and each vendor there donated at least 15% of all their sales. Awesome job to all those who appeared and attended FanFest Orlando. Thanks to CO Brandon TS6561 for that report. On September 17th, members of Empire City Garrison attended the Walk to End Alzheimer's held at Belmont State Park in North Babylon, New York. They arrived early that morning and headed to the tent setup for them to change in. Unfortunately, the tent was apparently set up right near a Yellow Jacket Superhighway, but with a little coordination, the tent was moved to a hornet free area, though a few rogues still pursued Lou, TI-6908. Even after a slight delay, they were still all suited up and ready to greet walkers by 9am. From there, the eight Legionnaires and Jedi Leonard spent the next two hours handing out cards and taking pictures with the walkers. They really made the day a lot more fun, especially an elderly woman in a wheelchair that came up for pictures. All of her family kept calling her grandma, so while she was talking to our Ron SL9528, he called her grandma also. As they wheeled her away, she pointed to all of the characters and said, Look at my grandkids, I'm so proud. And congratulations to Rocky TX16226 on his first troop. He had some teething pains with his magma trooper, but most troopers do at their first event. We'll have a link to a photo or two in our show notes. Thanks to Ron SL5928. For that report. Southern California Garrison also participated in a walk to end Alzheimer's walk, but on the following day, September 18th. The event was held at the CBS studio lot, which was a very cool venue to troop at. At the organizer's request, 501st members appeared before and during the registration period to give folks something to do while waiting for the walk to kick off. The walk staff provided two volunteers to help manage the photo lines, which is always helpful. Naturally, we were very popular with the crowd and had a healthy line prior to the walk. Many people exclaimed, Star Wars is here, and had huge group photos with our members. The host was extremely excited to have us there at their event, and is uh, already making plans to invite us to their huge event at LA Live. Great job, troopers. On September 17th, seven members of Mid-South Garrison's Masnuga Squad attended the annual GoFest celebration that is sponsored by the city of Chattanooga. They arrived at 7.30 a.m. to set up the booth and finished by 9 a.m. just in time to welcome the children and adults who came to the event. Legionnaires brought smiles to those who attended and passed out numerous pieces of literature and other imperial information to lead them to join the 501st. The kids enjoyed looking at the props and coloring pages with some of their favorite characters from the Star Wars universe. The troop went off without any problems. They had perfect trooping weather with sunny skies and some wind to make the heat manageable. The best thing, though, about the troop was the return of Meryl Crumley, back to the squad. As some of you may know, just six weeks ago, Merrill was fighting for his life when he had a massive heart attack. He also technically died four times in a 12-hour period while he was at the hospital. However, Merrill was a fighter and pulled through with the help of countless prayers and well wishes. As he walked out to the table, the members of Masnuga squad presented Merrill with a cookie cake with the inscription, Hooray, you're not dead! In addition, they played the ACDC song Back in Black, just for him, because he has black armor. Yeah. So welcome back, Meryl. 
And thanks to Alex, TS4142, for that report. Yeah, I know, Merle. He has a uh, Shadow Scout, a very, very cool mm-hmm. outfit. And uh, uh, I'm very, very close to the Mosnuga squad myself, uh, ironically enough, even though I'm in Southern California, because I have a lot of friends out that way. And uh, I've attended Kanuga and uh, a couple other uh, things. It's been several years now. Uh, but uh, I've been out that way, and I know Alex, and I know Merle, and a lot of the folks out there, and uh, mm. I'm very, very glad to hear that Merle made it back, and uh, he's uh, doing well. He's got a couple of uh, – he, he's more machine now than than man like he used to be, but uh, he's uh, doing very well, and uh, I'm glad to hear it. Well, Empire City Garrison was invited to join the New York City Football Club uh, in celebrating Star Wars Night at Yankee Stadium in Bronx, New York, on the evening of Friday, September 23rd. Alan, TK97491, Jared, TD24790, Rocky, TX16226, Merrick, TK10804, and Russell, SL4038, were on hand to delight the crowd. In addition to those troopers, Ray, Mike, and Helen were there to provide support and wrangle the crowd. After arriving to the stadium and checking through security, members were escorted into their green room where they were given water and boxed lunches. After suiting up, the troopers split into two groups so they could cover more ground and interact with as many NYCFC fans as possible. For two full hours, the troopers took pictures with and brought smiles to the faces of many fans. The troopers were well-received, and a good time was had by all. After trooping, they were given some nice NYCFC Star Wars-themed scarves and tickets to enjoy the game. Thanks to Alan, TK97491, for that report. In this part of the globe, the fall is always prime charity walk season as the temps cool down a bit. But it's not really cold yet. On September 24th, six troopers and two squires of our northeast Redland Garrison attended an autism walk that they have been appearing at for some time now, and it was another successful troop. Since this was an outdoor event, as most walks are, the organizers actually set our troopers up with a large room at a nearby hotel that was just a quick walk away from the main event area. Troopers posed for plenty of pictures, and the attendees loved meeting the 501st. There were lots of smiling faces on children and adults alike. After setting the walkers off, troopers desuited and headed over to Bobby's Burger Palace for some lunch. Meals are always better with fellow Legion members after a troop. Thanks to Kevin, TI71689, for that report. The weekend of September 24th and 25th, our Diamond Garrison attended SpaCon, which likely got its name from the fact that it was held at the Hot Springs Convention Center in Hot Springs, Arkansas. On Saturday of the con, the Garrison hosted Blast-A-Trooper, which raised $140 for Make-A-Wish. And on Sunday, they demoed Imperial Gladiators in the morning and hosted a panel in the afternoon. I'm not actually sure what Imperial Gladiators gladiators is we'll have to ask diamond garrison more about that i don't know if it's sort of like the trooper olympics or like that old american gladiators tv show that used to be on oh, i remember that i'd like to see that mm-hmm. actually <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask him but in any case thanks to tracy tv 9612 for that report Saturday, September 24th at Radio City Music Hall in New York City was the finale of Weird Al Yankovic's The Return of the Mandatory Tour. 501st Legion members all over the U.S. and Canada had the opportunity to appear on stage with him during one or maybe more of his 80-plus stops that kicked off just four months before. Here's a report from Kyle, CC88260, from 70th Explorers Garrison's Firehawk Squad. 
On Saturday, September 7th, 70th Explorers Garrison was tasked with the duty of performing on stage with Weird Al at the Starlight Theater in Kansas City. There were nine of us that were going to perform on stage with him. We arrived at 5 that night and were guided to our private parking close to the event entrance and then escorted to our own private green room. Two troopers and Vader then got dressed and went off for a private VIP party with some guests and Al. The rest of us enjoyed the all-access badges we received and our free pizza. The show started at 8 o'clock and we watched the first hour of it from the seats provided for us right in front of the sound table. At about the halfway point, it was time for us to suit up. Once dressed, we spent about 10 minutes behind the stage dancing and trying not to get too excited. Then, when we got our cue, we walked out to a large and loud crowd of people. Uh, Al did his cell phone song, then he went into the Saga Begins. It was hard to hear anything on stage other than the bass of the music and the screams of the fans, which made it hard to hear the cues for our dance moves. Once the show was done, we spent about an hour and a half with the VIP guests at the uh, after-show meet-and-greet, where fans got to meet and have items signed by Al. Once the guests were done, we all got our pictures taken with Al. He also signed some stuff for us, and we received our Imperial Guard patches. When it was all over, it was close to 2 a.m. by the time I made it back to the house, but it was well worth it. The troop did not go off without a hitch, though. Some things did go wrong with this troop before it even got started, but they were all fixed in time. The biggest was one trooper's armor shattered due to some gluing problems and was not wearable. Thankfully, another member not trooping was able to lend him his armor. Then there was when I cut the skin on the end of my finger off with my knife, securing my GoPro to the end of my blaster. The medic had to be called to fix me up. I am fine now. Wow. Glad to hear you're okay, Kyle. Thanks for sending in that report. We'll also have a link to GoPro video he shot while on stage in our show notes. On September 24th, Garrison Carita visited the Boy Scout camp for Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. After suiting up in the administrative cabin, they had a short walk on a path through the woods to reach the large campground recreation area. It was a perfect outdoor trooping weather, cool and overcast. The Legionnaires were a huge hit as soon as they were spotted. There were about 50 scouts and 15 leaders and parents, and nearly every one of them wanted a photo and or to talk with our members. Everyone also posed for a group photo near the castle structure that is on the property. Although the kids were pretty excited, some of the adults were even more so. In fact, a couple of the dads asked about what the Fiber First Legion does and how to join. In addition to the castle camp, there were fort, mine, and pirate ship ones, and the troopers made sure to pose for photos with all of them. In appreciation for the visit, the scouts donated toys they had collected, and troopers departed with a large box full of them. Matt, TB99920, would like us to clear up the rumors that he was crying and hugging his stuffed Ewok when the troopers had to walk through the woods. He did no such thing. We believe you, Matt. Thanks for that report. I think he was. <laughs> well, he was a biker scout after all. You know, those trees, <laughs> those trees are dangerous things. <laughs> So guys, um, I'm a little late to the game, but I just saw the uh, the first uh, episode of season three of Rebels, and uh, I gotta say, I mean, this isn't a, a Rebels podcast, you know, no, far, you know, far be it from us, you know, the Imperials to talk about Rebels, but um, nevertheless, I was uh, very, very pleased, and especially being a huge old Expanded Universe fan, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn mm -hmm. is there, and so 
many references to the old EU. I uh, was just blown away. Uh, what would you guys think? Yeah, I actually got to see it way back on September 3rd, even though it aired on September 24th, um, because they brought a, a special screener to Fan Expo Canada. So I got to see both episodes back to back in a big room, crammed full of Star Wars fans. It was It was really exciting to watch it that way. What was the mood in the room like when Grand Admiral Thrawn stepped onto the screen and he was named as he as he did that? Uh, I'm pretty sure there was, uh, I don't know if there was applause, but there was some sort of muted, yes, kind of thing. You know, people were trying to be respectful and not get too crazy, but but it was definitely, I don't know, it's like watching, you know, a movie at home with your friends and mm-hmm. you, you can like talk to each other. But I don't know. It was kind of a halfway in between that. But you're also like part of this giant crowd. So you don't want to do too much talking. But we were all on the same page, though. We we're all, you know, excited at the same points and gasping at the same points and you know laughing at the same points. So, so it all worked out. Um, they also had um, Corey Vidal, who I guess is uh, a YouTuber. I'm not like big into the YouTube realm. But anyways, he was there before the screening and he did a trivia contest and he decided that some of the questions were too easy for us. So he started making up his own questions. So that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, the I don't know why they decided to um, put this screening in the room that they did, but they had to turn like lots of people away. It was in such a small room, but... I was glad I got a seat. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What do you think there, Marcus? Well, I saw it back in July in, in London, and they showed the those two episodes back-to-back. Oh, um, my. What so was the, the reaction there? <laughs> so the mood was, I mean, there was a panel right beforehand, and you know, Dave Filoni was there along with, um, was it Sam Whitmer? I'm not sure who was there, but it was definitely... And they showed the trailer prior, and they showed the two episodes. So, so when Thrawn appeared in the trailer and also in the episode, there was a huge, um, huge applause. Now, granted, um, most I'm, I'm going to say younger maybe fans don't really know who that is, maybe um, because you know he first appeared in, in the early '90s in the in the first novels. So, I think uh, some had to be kind of educated like who that actually is and why he's such a big deal but generally it was a very very good reaction towards him and uh, you know a lot of the references too i mean i don't want to spoil the whole thing you know for those that haven't seen it yet sure. obviously but uh it, it's a given that thron is in this and uh there are uh, references to uh ashla and Bogan, the light side and the dark side of the Force, and the Bendu, which is kind of that little middle area, which has always been sort of a, maybe not a taboo subject, but a controversial subject mm-hmm. uh, you know, for those of us that, you know, we're into the old expanded universe. And uh, I'm actually, I was tickled pink to hear that referenced and, and not, well, not just referenced, but actually now uh, canonized, if you will. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I like that that whole light side and dark side and intermediary parts of the, of the Force there. So, uh that's really, really cool. Um, well, you know, uh, the credits uh, said at the end of that episode uh, said that Justin Ridge was the supervising director and not Dave Filoni. There's an entire statement from Lucasfilm which says, 
Dave is still just as involved as ever, overseeing all aspects of Star Wars Rebels production as executive producer and occasionally directing episodes. In many ways, mentoring Justin and moving him into the role as supervising director has made it possible for Dave to be even more immersed in the writing and story structure of the show, as well as creatively overseeing future animation development. Justin started with Lucasfilm Animation on the first season of Star Wars The Clone Wars and worked with Dave before that on Avatar. The Last Airbender. So they've been working together for quite some time. So they're keeping it in the family there. I really like that. Uh, And uh, there's also a note. uh, The next Rogue One trailer will play before Doctor Strange, which premieres November 4th in theaters. So I'm looking forward to that. I wasn't planning to see Doctor Strange, but now I've got a real good reason to go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the statement here, the part that or the four words that really got me excited was, overseeing future animation development. So I think we're going to have a long history of uh, animation to come that uh, covers Star Wars. So I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, you know, uh, I uh, think that might hint at a season four of Rebels uh, at at the very Mm -hmm. least, and maybe even another series. I'm speculating, but that would be really, really cool. This is Admiral Will Huftark and asking you to listen to the 501st cast. Otherwise, we'll steer the Death Star in your direction. Upcoming events. So, while not exactly upcoming by the time folks listen to this, late tomorrow night, Thursday, September 29th, fans will be heading to their local toy stores to help celebrate the release of the new Rogue One products that will go on sale at 12.01 a.m. Friday. In the U.S., we've been invited out to as many Toys R Us locations as we can send volunteers to. And internationally, we have a long list of requests for the Go Rogue promotion, as well as other appearances throughout October. So I hope everyone finds the toys they're looking for. Although I've been hearing some people already have bought some stuff that, like, technically wasn't supposed to be sold yet. Yeah, a lot yep. of stores tend to do that. Sometimes they just uh, want to push as much product onto the shelves as possible. And uh, it's if you find it, well, then you're lucky, you know, I suppose. Uh, but, uh, you know, it happens. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. So is this basically Force Friday, then? It's another Force Friday. Uh, gonna look yeah, through. although they're... They're calling it Go Rogue. They're calling it Go Rogue. I got it. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, maybe this episode will be released right about the same time. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, definitely uh, have plans to uh, post-edit this as fast as possible. The last of the super giant conventions for the years coming up, October 6th through the 9th in New York City. It's New York City Comic Con. Hopefully you have already have your tickets if you're planning to attend because everything is sold out other than Thursday-only tickets. Our Empire City Garrison will be trooping the show, hosting Blaster Trooper at the booth, and organizing the third annual march of the 501st on Saturday, October 8th, starting at 1 p.m. This con always has an impressive guest list. Some of the Star Wars celebrities and 501st honor members attending will be celebs Carrie Fisher, Adam Savage, Alan Tudyk, Dee Bradley Baker, Mark Dotson, Steve Bloom, artists Adam Hughes, Allison Sun. Joe Caroni, Katie Cook, and authors Timothy Zahn, R.A. Salvatore, Kevin J. Anderson, and Rebecca Moyesta, plus tons more. The guest list is ginormous. Have an awesome con, ECG. 
For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. That's R-O-Q-O-O-D-E-P-O-T dot com. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot. R-O-Q-O-O-D-E-P-O-T dot com. Member Shoutout. This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to the first recipients of the LCO Commendation Award. Back in February, the 501st Legion was introduced to 14-year-old Star Wars fan Phil Parks. Phil had spent a long time battling a brain tumor that was unfortunately deemed terminal. With his remaining time, Phil made one request, that he be issued his own set of Stormtrooper armor. Our Mid-South garrison in charge of Phil's town immediately set upon making Phil's wish come true. Within a day, work had begun on Phil's armor, a screen-accurate stormtrooper scaled down to Phil's frame. An urgent marathon build later, Phil's wish was granted. Mid-South Garrison presented Phil with his armor, helped him suit up, and treated Phil as one of their own. Sadly, Phil passed less than two weeks later. Legion Commanding Officer Brian decided as a thank you to those that participated in Phil's build to bestow upon them the first-ever LCO Commendation Award. Our thanks and admiration go to the Mid-South Garrison and Derby City Squad, but most especially Phil Park's Armor Build Team, Don West, TD42701, Patrick McMahon, TB11288, Ben Popplewell, IC7255, and Steve Heckler, TK92310. Excellent work, troopers. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter twitter.com slash 501st legion join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping star wars and charity and don't forget you can listen to this podcast on our website on itunes stitcher and the star wars podcasts android app The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans while it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast. Welcome back to the... Is it me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody started. Which likely got its name from the fact that it was held at the Hot Springs Convention Center in Hot Springs, Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> okay. Leave that. Leave that in. So, guys, um, I, I just, you know what, I, I, I uh, I'm not going to include that part. Yep, well, not. A, oh. <laughs> Sorry. That's another, that's another one for the end. <laughs>